a probably going to be mostly somber Oklahoma drill. Probably a lot of anger tinged in there. I am Sam Davis, um, and oftentimes guest host, and now when Ryan Maxey is not here, I'm tasked with the intro. Joining me is regular host Alex Purdy and other guest host Nathan Hill. How are you guys doing today, boys? Not great, Sam. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't been been a rough couple days. You would think the three weeks before, you know, when no games are happening, nothing too wrong can go too, one too would, big can go wrong, but one would think, but that is not the trend Oklahoma football has the last few years. So, yeah, no. and Alex, give us, give us what's what's the biggest uh, bomb that's been dropped on the OU football fan base the past couple of days. So, the, you know, a couple of days ago, it, it really all started on the message boards. Um, I you know first the first place I saw it was on Soonerscoop.com. Had a just a random poster go on and say he's hearing rumors of some suspensions coming down for the bowl game. And my initial reaction to that was this is stupid. There's no way. Because usually like between the football brainiacs and two four seven and even uh Sooner Scoop. Usually, you know, within a few hours of something like that coming down, you get something from them. And it really went into pretty late in the next day before they really started picking up on it. So I started this whole process thinking, oh, this is there's no way this is a real thing. Um, But obviously, um, at this point, it's pretty safe to say that I think within probably the next week, we will know for sure hopefully, who is suspended, but there are definitely multiple suspensions on both sides of the ball going into the Peach Bowl. Yeah, so we've seen a lot of names thrown out there. Obviously, everything is speculation right now. Um, The biggest of the names being Kennedy Brooks and Ronnie Perkins, and then among others, Trey Brown, Ramondre Stevenson, Possibly A.D. Miller, Trajan Bridges. Are there any other names you guys have seen thrown out there that I'm missing? No, I, I think those are the primary ones. Um, and some of those are mentioned more than others. Uh, some of them have, you know, been somewhat refuted, somewhat said, oh, we haven't really heard that from sources. Trey Brown uh, just tweeted, shut up. Yeah, yeah, there's that. So, I mean, there's a lot of guesswork going on here. What does seem to be consistent uh, is, you know, that it's on both sides of the ball and at least a couple starters and one and maybe a contributor, you know, so they're basically there's at least a few of them are people that actually play um, and that affects both sides of the ball. So by powers of deduction, um, it seems I think most people are kind of highlighting, especially Ronnie Perkins, Ramondre Stevenson, those kind of guys is, you know, these are the likely candidates uh, of people who would be possibly suspended for whatever it is that uh, we think they may be suspended for, um, whether it's NCAA drug test or what have you. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think Ronnie Perkins and, and Stevenson are definitely the most consistent names. And Ronnie Perkins is I think the biggest name that we know for sure. Like it, I mean, that guy 
it's hard to envision us having a really strong defensive line performance without him being in that game, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously, I think most of us would assume like, yeah, this defensive line is going to have to play their best game of the season to put pressure on Joe Burrow without having to blitz too much. And so obviously not having maybe our best pass rusher is, is an issue. And if you just look on Twitter, like, you know, Trey Brown had the shut up thing. I don't think a guy who was getting suspended would do that on Twitter because that's kind of opening yourself up to look really stupid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ronnie Perkins has just been completely silent for, since December 7th. So, like, it would make sense that that kind of – that would be my reaction. If I were getting suspended, yeah. I would not be on Twitter at all. So, Absolutely. Um, I'm just – I mean, I think – from everything we've heard from all the sources, I think Ronnie Perkins, we're probably going to have to play without. Um, offensively, I'm a little more, I really don't know. Like, I think Ramondre Stevens is probably the contributor. It's hard to really know who the starter on offense would be. And it's, you know, don't want to speculate too much. But, you know, Sam did mention Kennedy Brooks. And obviously that would be just a massive blow to lose both Kennedy Brooks and yeah. Ramondre Stevenson. It would be uh, it'd be TJ Pleasure time, and would, uh, I'm not sure how that would go. It would literally just be TJ Pleasure. There would be no other scholarship yeah. running back who is healthy or yeah. available yep. because Marcus Major's out for the year. Trey Sermon's out for the year. Trey Sermon, yeah. It I, honestly like. I mean, I I wouldn't root for it, but I would be pretty interested to see Marcus <laughs> Major if that were the case because I actually really like him. But even that isn't going to help. Is it going to work out because he hurt his shoulder or I would be more, he had, a, yeah, he had an mean, upper like, body injury. Yeah. It's like a shoulder. I would be more, uh, yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I would be kind of like morbidly uh, interested in just seeing what TJ, Ple- like a full game TJ Pledger looks like, but yeah. uh, like just out of curiosity in no way do I think like he'd be super effective, but I'd be kind of, right. you know, I just kind of want to know, like I would never probably yeah. see it again. So <laughs> it's like, right. Um, yeah, this so, is your like I mean, your, your biggest chance. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the biggest bummer of it is, is that like, you know, we're going in. This is the third year in a row we've made it to the playoff. This is our fourth playoff appearance, and right. you know, we've talked a lot about how you just want to get your shot whenever, as whenever you can. So even, you know, like this year, even though there's like some juggernaut teams here, you want to get your shot, but you want to have your shot with your team, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you've got to be at full strength and, you know, we're a freaking 14 point underdog to LSU with a healthy roster, you know, like, so it's, it's pretty, um, I don't want to say hopeless <laughs> to look at this game because honestly yeah. the most hilarious outcome would just be that we go up there and win because <laughs> why not? Yeah. It's college football, but like, it, it just does not seem really good right now. Yeah, it's it's been a very uh, strange 24, 48 hours um, for for other reasons as well. But this is a very like the, the because nothing's been confirmed. It's been silence out of OU. No one has acknowledged anything. No one has declined anything. It's been quiet because what the kind of prevailing thought is that Lincoln does not want to um, overshadow national signing day, which is tomorrow, Wednesday uh, with 
quote unquote bad news related to possible suspensions. But by not acknowledging anything and by not saying anything, it's allowed this kind of groundswell of angst and in some corners of the internet anger to kind of uh, bubble to the top. <laughs> and now it's like, no matter what he does, just because, just because he hasn't acknowledged it doesn't mean there's going to be some kind of cloud hanging over National Signing Day that, yeah, yes, maybe the lay fan who's just completely oblivious will not, not notice. But anyone who is, uh, that follows the kind of the minutia, the day-by-day sort of storylines related to the team, no one's going to care that, uh, you know, Joe Three Star signed his letter of intent. They're all going to want to know who the hell is playing in two weeks against LSU. So um, it's kind of put a damper on, you know, one of the more fun parts of the, of the year traditionally, uh, this kind of surge to signing day. Um, and it's yeah. just one it's, could it's argue just a strange that situation. this is your fault, Nathan. Yeah, probably. One could argue that this is your fault because I remember you the week of the Big 12 championship game saying, I'm ready to get this over with so we can go into full on recruiting mode. Yeah, because I know me, that's like your me. favorite time of year. Yeah, um, so I, I think we, we know who to blame here. I'll be the scapegoat. Um, yep. Yeah. But it's just, you can't find my it's been anyway, just, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just an avalanche of, of bad news. Um, and I guess, you know, it, like you said earlier, is that like, it seems like every year there's something that just happens, but prior to us playing in a freaking college football playoff, yeah. like two years ago, you had the Rodney Anderson stuff. You had the Baker Mayfield getting sick. Um, what was it last year? Last year well, was Kenzie just- Brooks. Well, last, that that was over the summer. That uh, was this summer. Oh, that was this summer, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I'm either flies. it's it's either there's a crazy like story going on, or somewhat like a massive, massively important player is out. So like last year was Marquise right. Brown, like his foot. Yeah. Uh, against Florida, Demarco. We didn't have Demarco Murray against LSU. The first time Jason White was banged up, like, yeah, it's just. <laughs> we can't we can't catch a break when it comes to these like level of games. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess the last thing on this is I just want to say like the rumor is that it is a drug test thing and that's really the only thing that makes sense for like right. six guys because it's if if they had gotten in a fight there would be arrest records and we would know about it by now. They so all shop That's really coats. Yeah, like that's that's really what it seems to be at this point. And I just really want to say that if OU is having to suspend six guys before the biggest game of the year for weed, then OU is not cheating well enough. That is my overall take on the matter. They need to be like to cheat better. Yeah, they just need to get donors or whatever. They need to get like, have you seen that Workaholics episode when they're like getting the they're buying the bags of urine and they're like trying to feed it through the chain link fence? They need to go to that. They need to uh-huh. find that purveyor. So, also the more right. important thing, like exactly. why does why does it even matter at this point in 2019? Like what what performance advantage are they getting from that? Like why is why is this something we're even still yeah. testing for? They're a little less stressed. That's that's what that's the performance advantage. I don't know. Yeah. It's right. the like 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 Alex said. You know, 
previously, maybe offline. It's the NCAA. Like, you can't you can't really rationalize these things. It's and I've seen word, you know, that like if you if you fail these NCAA tests, you're like the first time it's like a six month uh, suspension, and then if you fail it twice, it's a full year. are, Are you serious for? For marijuana, like Jesus, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And you see, like the things with Josh Gordon getting suspended again in the NFL. It's like, why are we still doing this? The MLB, they're at least like they've taken marijuana off of their drug testing list recently, which is awesome. And maybe mm-hmm. change will come in other sports. I don't know that that change probably will ever come to collegiate sports because if there's one thing, one group of people that they like to control they being the collective man they like to control it's college athletes so don't know if that's ever going to come down but you know maybe maybe we'll see some changes like that in the future yeah but i mean as long as we have to deal with these ridiculous rules figure out ways to get around it OU. like i i'm i'm serious i am literally telling you they should cheat better because you can't tell me that 95 percent of the teams in the country have at least half of their roster smoking weed all well, the yeah. time i, I mean it, like it should if we're if we're gonna Go be the patriots of college football and get caught cheating all the time at least like win yeah 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 i'm just glad that you know the the good, the good young men of Ohio State, Clemson, and LSU have abstained from marijuana that they have not partaken, um, and that yeah. And honest, honestly, this is OU's fault. You know that these young men have uh, dabbled in things that they should not, uh, that they should stay away from, um, and you know those those other three universities are truly the shining beacons um, that. Yeah. We should all po- direct our moral compass and point toward and try to uh, try to replicate. I mean, J- yes. Justin Fields is on campus so much and in class all the time. I don't even think the guy has time for marijuana. <laughs> Joe Burrow, right. yeah, exactly. Joe Burrow didn't even know what his fellow students looked like. He had to go to the student section just to understand. Um, <laughs> so how how could he how could he ever you know take part in the marijuana? So I don't know. Oh, you just needs to do better and yep. not be such drug heads. Yeah, do we have, cheat, do we have, cheat better OU. That's yeah. all I gotta say. Do we have anything else to say about the suspensions? I guess the one thing you know, the, I guess there, if you're gonna have any hope at all, that apparently there is an appeals process going on. <laughs> now, I expect in that appeals process that. OU's just going to lose all of these players forever now. Yeah. Like, they're, the rest of their eligibility is just going to be taken away now for some yeah. reason. Um, that's what I'm expecting at this point. But, I mean, I guess if you want to hope and put your hope in the NCAA appeal process, then you can you can go ahead and do that. I'm not really going to join you in that. So, what, um, quick, quick question. What, what, um, what bodies of government or moral uh, figures, um, law-abiding or law-creating, really, uh, policing figures, are, do we have more um, 
confidence in than the NCAA uh, regulatory committee or whatever committee it is that oversees appeals. Is there anything that ranks lower than the NCAA appeals process? I mean, like, we could talk about the president, but, you know, we don't have to go there. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, that's fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> so, just, you know, given thinking, the, the times. The, yeah, I was thinking more in, in the, the sports world. body, but, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's just, the thing about it, too, though, is that, like, you compare the NCAA to, like, FIFA, which is maybe the biggest sports governing body in the world. Sure. It's, you know, FIFA still is really bad. The Olympic yeah. Committee, they're really bad. They're all it's just a, It's really, it's a really sport-wide, like, just sports in general seems to to not be good. But also just governing bodies in general. I was going to say, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not even sure it's just sports, yeah. but. Yeah. yeah, so, anyways. Yeah, people are great. Um Let's let's move on to some recruiting because things have been just as bad in that front, which is just great. Yeah, Nathan said it. he really wanted to hit recruiting hard, and boy, they're gonna have yeah. to. Yeah, right. I mean, um, need a stiff drink. Yes, yeah, so I think that the, I mean, let's just list off some of some of the bad things. All right, so I'm gonna start with the fact that OU's probably gonna lose Jace McClellan tomorrow. Um, yeah, after being Jace committed McClellan for. Is, Two and a half yep. years. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I just had probably going to gonna wind up going Probably. to Alabama. He's going to be their third running back commit of their class. Doesn't really make any sense to me, but that's where we are. So, well, yeah, he's also going to be behind uh, the number one overall running back last year. So yeah, yeah. Which I, I was told in regards to our receiving and quarterback class from 2019 that it was really hard to follow up that kind of class, but you know, it, yeah. whatever, I guess Alabama is just different. Um, Dante Manning, probably not headed to OU. And this one to me, like kind of stings because I mean, I, first of all, he's been OU's like number one defensive back target since the spring, basically. And when we yeah. got him to commit back then, it was like a massive deal, even though he was just like a three-star guy. Right. Um, and to me, if you just look at it objectively, OU's probably done the best job recruiting him throughout the entire process. Like they, they went through him decommitting. They didn't let that bother them. They mm -hmm. really like, uh, they seemed to kind of regain the lead even after he decommitted. Yeah. It was a and M was the big factor, you know, yeah. months ago, Oregon wasn't even really something on the radar till the last, basically till he took that visit. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird situation. Yeah, I mean, all honestly, like if, you know, the fact that Oregon and Georgia have been kind of the two teams that have jumped out kind of makes me think that there might be some uh, some outside factors factoring in on this, yeah. Yeah. just being perfectly honest. But it just, it kind of sucks, you know, to lose a guy that you did such a good job recruiting. Like Roy Manning did a hell of a job recruiting this guy. Um, talk about a year for Roy Manning. Like he's going to wind up with a good class, but man, yeah. he got screwed a couple times. Like the Ryan Watts situation, not working out really sucks. Like there's just, it's been a weird year on it's the recruiting very, trail, especially defensively. He was recruited against negatively, just kind of reading the tea leaves, kind of, you know, everything, all the subtext, like 
as much as I can remember a single specific coach <laughs> getting recruited against, uh, yeah, they used his, you know, he's not a cornerbacks coach before, or at least except for like one year at Michigan. He didn't play corner. Yeah. He, he can't develop guys, or at least that was, you know, until this year when he developed guys. But, you know, <laughs> they recruited against him so much. Um, yeah. And it just re- it seems to have really hurt him uh, in his ability to kind of hold on to guys. Because it's obvious that he was making good evaluations. He was on Dante Manning before anyone knew who the hell Dante Manning was. Um, right. And now he's like well, a top 25 guy on 247, so. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that he landed commitments from Dante Manning, Ryan Watts, and Major Burns at one point during this yeah. entire process. Major like, Burns, all was three just, of those. He was an eyeballs, yeah. but uh, he, yeah. he is widely considered someone that committed at one point in time. Yeah, so Dante Manning is going to wind up at Oregon. Ryan Watts is going to wind up at Ohio State, and Major Burns is going to wind up at Georgia. Like that, just yep. it freaking sucks, man. Like. He made great evaluations. He recruited the hell out of him, got commitments, wasn't able to keep him through, yeah. you know, one reason or another. Um, I think, you know, the positive from it is that he did make those positive evaluations. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's a really good skill to have as a coach. Um, and you would think that with some track record and more success defensively, we'll be able to hang on to guys like that a little bit better as we move forward. Um, but that, you know, Let's let's keep going down the list of just bad things that are that happen defensively. Another cornerback thing, Joshua Eaton, a guy that has really been, you know, one of another one of those great evaluations, a guy we've been on forever, was committed yeah. to Texas at one point, committed almost committed to AM at one point. And Roy Manning worked through all of that. And it seems like we're leading for sure right now. Um, and it seemed at one point that he was really close to committing and that he was definitely going to sign tomorrow. And now we've got a bunch of conflicting reports that he's probably not going to look to sign tomorrow, but you never know. He might. Um, but if he, he wants, doesn't sign, yeah. I, I don't re- really know what that ha- that says for his, his thought process. Yeah. And they're saying he the like wants to go visit. He wants to go visit Georgia because they threw, they threw him an offer like last minute. So, yeah, you know, and that never seems to matter whenever it's Oklahoma, but when it's Georgia, apparently it does. Yeah. And he yeah, wants to go visit all the success Georgia's had. He it feels go... like whenever OU does the whole, you know, throw an offer at somebody late, it offends people that they, <laughs> yeah, OU wasn't exactly looking like what it is. What, are, why are, why are they thinking OU is like some, it's like their hometown, like they're from Arkansas or something and like Arkansas threw them a, a, offer last minute it's like no it's it's the same quality offer as a georgia or ohio state or something it's truly baffling honestly like yeah it it really does seem to almost offend these guys that like oh you didn't offer me six months ago well screw you i'm not even going to you know look at it right yeah yeah i mean and you think about like the running back recruiting situation like chase mcclellan basically screwed ou and now we're kind basically of, he straight up did <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. basically like now we're we're stuck with probably one running back and i feel like if we were georgia or alabama we would be able to go get like a four or five star running back even at this point in the game because i don't know there's just more there for them i don't know it's weird and now we've got we've got some three-star offers but it's like 
if we were to go after Sevion Morrison right now, I'm sure he would probably get pissed and be like, oh, you guys didn't want yeah. me back then. And I think that's like a perfect example of what you're just talking about. Like he would just be offended that we even are coming after him at this point. And it's like, dude, if like you a, were yeah. a Louisiana kid that LSU was offering at this point, you'd jump on it. Well, and we, I mean, it's not quite the same, but it's pretty close. Like whenever Edger and Cooper got his LSU offer, which was just a couple months ago, like in September or whenever, or October. I mean, he basically like immediately uh, started leaning towards LSU, and it was just kind of you know, and he we just kind of, it was kind of like a countdown clock of when he was actually when that was going to fall apart. But if you if you flip that script, I mean, if OU had offered Savion Morrison or somebody like that. In September, October, I guarantee you there would have been something along the lines of, well, they didn't want me until I was their backup plan, that kind of like until something else yeah. fell through. And uh, yeah. I'm going to stick with Nebraska. Like, yeah, I don't so, know what yeah. the mentality of Oklahoma is. It's such, it's really strange because a lot of places it, it is that way. Like LSU, Alabama, Georgia's, they can all pretty much do whatever they want in state. Think, yeah. I think and, if, like, think about LSU, what they did to Major Burns. Like, yeah. if OU did that to a guy in Oklahoma, like, the state would be on fire right now. And we those would two, be, yeah. like, yeah, it would be, like, a code red situation where we would have to be repairing relationships yeah. with every coach in Oklahoma right now. For those who don't know, Ma- Major Burns, uh, defensive back that we, we alluded to earlier, um, one time was the Lincoln Riley eyeballs, actually, but then he got an offer from hometown – LSU. He's from Baton Rouge, um, so he committed to LSU. And then just a few days ago, like last week, uh, LSU dropped him right before signing day. Um, so they no longer had a spot. They were going in another direction. And so he had to kind of scramble. He took a last minute to visit the Georgia and committed today, I think. So yeah, if OU did that to – this is a kid from Baton Rouge. So imagine OU dropping a kid from like Norman North yeah. a week before signing day. Like yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> it, like like you said, the state would be on fire. Kid, high school coaches in the state of Oklahoma get pissed if OU doesn't offer a kid like a year before signing day. Um, right. They think so. I can't even imagine what that would look like. Yeah, I mean, just think about all the stuff that was going on in Tulsa early in yeah. the year because there was a guy that was a horrible fit for our defense that we didn't want. He's going Honestly. to freaking Oregon. You know, it's not like he doesn't have options, and he just doesn't fit our defense. And it was just like a big deal. Like they don't they don't respect Oklahoma football players. It's it's a load of shit, honestly. But mm-hmm. um, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. So really, another bit of bad news, but also might not be bad news at this point. Something good might have happened in the last couple hours. Yeah, it might really have sure. happened. Turning it, turning it, the tide here. It changes every two hours, so we're not really sure. Right, but <laughs> so Reggie Grimes probably is definitely OU's highest rated defensive recruit and just a ridiculous athlete. Like he's probably the caliber of athlete that we don't have on the defense currently, like up front on defense, like on the defensive line. And um, the big thing, the the past few days has been that he wasn't going to sign early and it just didn't really make sense as to why that was the case. Keeping the door open for South Carolina, because who doesn't want to go to South Carolina? Exactly. Like, 
OU beat South Carolina. South Carolina was really the other contender for him. And, and like just what didn't... changed in the last right. three weeks also? Like, yeah, it didn't really know. make a lot of sense. Um, but that was the report that we were getting. It has kind of come out that maybe he's going to sign tomorrow and then announce in February. But as long as he signs tomorrow, that's really all that matters. Like, we might not know about it, but as long as he does actually sign, that's fine with me. But um, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see on that one. But it would just be perfect for Reggie Grimes to not like. My biggest fear is that he doesn't sign, and then like Alabama loses some guys that they were in on or that they were already had on the roster, and then all right. of a sudden they have a spot. Because if Alabama has a spot, he's going there. Right. Yeah. Because he's a legacy. His dad played there in the nineties. So yeah. Um, so. The only reason no you got him in the first place is because Alabama didn't have room. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent. But um, you know, you take what you can get. That's how we got Marcus sure, Strickland yeah. last year. You yeah, know what I mean, so I mean, they could only compl- take so many. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess where I want to go from here is we kind of run down the the bad news on the recruiting front, right. um, and we'll talk about more recruiting in general about because in a lot of ways I don't think this is a particularly avoidable thing that's happened like these things I don't think they're particularly avoidable I just think that it's just a bad run of things happening yeah Um, it's just just a really strangely like compactly (laughs) uh, yeah like a very compact shitstorm like everything just happened really quickly like in succession Um, right it probably wouldn't feel as terrible if it was you know spread out over two weeks but it's all been mm-hmm. in 24 hours so it's yeah. been, been been interesting when i was i was telling nathan earlier that it's like if one of these things like if recruiting had happened had gone this way we would have been freaking out and if we had had yeah. these suspensions we would have been freaking out and it just so happened that they both happened at the same time so it's just right. we've been in a bad place for a couple of days now but mm-hmm. um I want to talk about Jason McCollin because, you know, as we said earlier, he basically screwed OU and, you know, he has every right to do it. Like he deserves to have the opportunity to go where he wants to go. If he wants to go to Alabama, that's great. But the way that this has all come about has really fucked OU hard. Yeah. And it's not, it's not so much that he's going to Alabama. It's the way that he's going to Alabama. That yeah, he's left OU with like zero ability to recover, or right with drastically reduced uh, ability to recover. Yeah, and like for for more context, like this year was a historically great year for running back recruiting. Like there were just an abnormal amount of ridiculously talented running backs in the country and mm-hmm. in this region in general. And mm-hmm. so this was a year that OU really needed to be able to sign two high-level running backs. And for the longest time, they had two committed. And it all seemed fine. We really moved away from a lot of different guys because we had Jace McClellan in the mix. Yep. Um, and that really, like, guys like Kendall Milton, five-star, going to Georgia. Zach Evans, five-stars, uncommitted right now. Bijan Robinson, five-stars, going to Texas. Like, all of these guys are players that, Oh, you could have made runs at and had a legitimate chance to get that they mm-hmm. just didn't really pursue because they had Jace McClellan committed um, and they didn't want to upset him. And in this in that situation, like 
I won't say that this is completely out of left field. Like the timing is terrible, but like there has been some signs that he wasn't super committed to OU. Like he missed a couple of visits. He kept visiting SEC schools. He visited Georgia a couple times. He visited Alabama a couple times. So there were mm-hmm. some signs, but it seemed like that was just a kid going through the recruiting process. Like he never really seemed to waver from his commitment with OU. And now, you know, just a week before it's really kind of come to a head and it, it really seems like Alabama's going to get him. And like, like we said, it just leaves basically OU with their pants down and they don't have anywhere to go. Like it's, you know, there's some three-star types that, you know, are being thrown out as like some last-minute options. But, you know, nobody that's even close to the level of the Jace McClellan. Yeah, it, so, again, it it's completely fine for a recruit to want to go to a place that they consider is best for them. That's fine. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. It's just the stringing along, especially when you're being committed. He's been committed since July of 2017. For context, he committed the same day Jalen Redmond committed. So he's been committed for two and a half years and then he's going to flip on signing day. Um, if this had happened, on, like we said, if he had just simply decommitted whenever he was wanting to go on those visits you know, six months ago, OU would have had more than enough time to adjust uh, to find a backup option. But instead, they're forced to most likely just take one running back this year. Maybe they take a a flyer, or maybe they find somebody that they decide that maybe kind of an underrated guy, diamond in the rough, just all the, one of those kind of guys in, in the uh, February cycle. But it's hard to really know. But right now, it's just they're, like you said, they're, they're just kind of in this awkward s- situation where the guy that they had been banking on, and it's kind of the centerpiece of the class in a lot of ways, um, is flipping right. On, at the you know the eleventh hour, and there's not much they can do about it. Yeah, and you know, I, I let's turn our attention to the guy recruiting him, Jay Bulware. Um, he's a guy. He's been our running back coach since I think 2015 is when Bob Stoops made that change, moved Kale to inside receivers. Um, you know, and I think overall, like the results at running back have been good. Like the, the play on the yeah. field from our running backs has been really solid. Um, but what I will say is that it's pretty widely known that running back is probably the easiest position on the team to coach. Um, that, you know, guys come into college more ready to play running back than any other position. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it's so much of it is centered around the ability to bring in the best running backs in the country. And I think that J, uh, Jay Bulware has done a largely, like, competent job. Like, I'm not saying the guy's incompetent, but he's he's been just average, is what I would say. Like, yeah. whenever he got switched to the running back coach position, he had Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan sitting there. Those are guys that Kale Gundy got OU. You yeah. know, he had Rodney, Rodney Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. yeah, Rodney Anderson was a guy that Kale Gundy got. And so... Just guys, since Jay Bulware has been at Oklahoma at as the uh, at the running back position, um, we're looking at like Trey Sermon, 
Good running Abdul back. Abdul Adams. <laughs> Abdul Adams, solid running back, guy that transferred. Um, Trey Kennedy Sermon Brooks, in the yeah. 17 class, Kennedy Brooks in the 17 class. I don't think TJ any of Pledger. these guys were particularly like plan A's. Like they were quality, quality plan B's. Um, and neither, none of those guys I would consider just super dynamic. In 2018, he got TJ Pledger, and I do think that that was our plan A. Yeah, he um, was. He was a super I, early offer. Yeah, he was a super early offer, and we got him. I would also argue that that was a bad evaluation because if TJ Pledger is your number one choice, then you probably should reconsider your choices, to be completely honest. Like, not to sound harsh, but like, I mean, if TJ Pledger were a true number one running back, he would be playing by now, right? Yeah, you'd think so. Um, it's just he seems to be a like he, I think competent is the, is a good word. He's he, he seems to be a decent enough coach. He has special mm-hmm. teams value, uh, but well, we're he, so great on special teams. Well, the kickers, I don't know. He yeah. he recruited Austin <laughs> Seibert. He <laughs> also uh, Drum was recruit or touting his time recruiting at uh, Auburn where he recruited Daniel Carlson and Cody Parkey, most notable yeah, for so. the double doink against the Philadelphia Eagles. So right. Yeah. So he, he he he's good at kicking, you know, evaluations. Great. We what he has not done is land the, you know, truly elite running back guys, which Kale Gundy, uh, just in direct comparison he, he doesn't have a, a, a Joe Mixon. He doesn't have a DeMarco Murray. Or an, especially, a court, he definitely doesn't have an Adrian Peterson. So yeah, may, maybe if he stays on the staff next year will be a really good indicator because there's a, a one of those types of guys um, in Texas that OU supposedly leads for early in Kamar Wheaton. So, right. It's going to be a really telling year. Him in, yeah, th- th- he, this is going to be a barometer test. There's right. you just had your, you know, on paper the best running back that you've recruited has flipped at the eleventh mm-hmm. hour, and so this is going to be the test of can you recover? Um, right. And what I will say is that, you know, it it does say something for him that we're not going to be in a terrible position even after losing Jace McClellan. Right. But. Again, I don't think it's above replacement level. I think pretty much anybody you plugged into the running back coach position at freaking Oklahoma right. would be in the same position. Like an average running back recruiter would be in this position. Like last year, he pulled an in-state kid that was, you know, probably supposed to be the second running back in a two-running back class. Wound up being the only guy. He's a good one. I like Marcus Major, but yeah. that's not an impressive recruiting get. Like he had Isaiah Spiller committed, lost him. You know, he made runs for Tyrion Davis, Noah Kane, didn't get any of those guys. Like, right. there's just not any particularly impressive recruiting wins for him other than probably TJ Pledger, who I think at this point has to be looked at as like a not great evaluation. Yeah, if I'm it, being completely I mean, honest. TJ Pledger was widely considered the third best running back at his high school in, at IMG. Like, Right, he was there with Trey Sanders and Noah Kane. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, and then I, like I, 20, 2017, like we got Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks, but we were supposed to get J.K. Dobbins. Right, like, and, he, and it's widely, I mean, 
I don't know why. Like, there's a lot of buzz that he kind of uh, that pressured the JK, him. Yeah, he, that he pressured him and kind of uh, shot that recruitment in the foot. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean, it. Same thing with Noah Kane too. Like, there's rumors that he did that with him too. Like, it's, it's just a lot of what I would just call mediocre. And like, there's just. There's enough good running backs in the country that, like, yeah, if you get your third or fourth option, you're going to have a fine running back room. Like, it's not a problem. And especially you put them behind a great offensive line. Exactly. Awesome. You're going to have good production. I like Kennedy Brooks a lot. Kennedy Brooks should not be the best running back at Oklahoma. Like, he just shouldn't. Like, there should be a guy that is significantly more talented than him. Like, he's a great player. He he does a lot of things that – you can, are hard to kind of account for because it's just how did he make that guy miss? You know, he just right. a little weird stuff. But like, it's just not good enough, man. And like, I'm I'm to the point like, we've got to get Kamar Wheaton in 2021, or I, you cannot have this running back coach anymore. Like, I'm I'm going to be optimistic and say that Jace McClellan knew that he's not as good as Kamar Wheaton and was feeling <laughs> good about Kamar Wheaton coming to yeah. Oklahoma. And there so he go. decided to get out now before he had to deal with the transfer portal. Because whenever That's you're fair. afraid of competition, you go to Alabama's running back room. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We don't That's want exactly those guys. Right. <laughs> yeah, nope. none of them. Alabama, no, icky. It's just, it's not a good, it's not a good feeling. Like, I, to me, it's like, cool, we lead for Kamar Wheaton today. Like, maybe we get his commitment, but like, any confidence that we actually sign that guy? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's especially this year. The, I mean, we could almost have a, a greater conversation just on the magnitude of decommitments from this year. Like you could build a, you can build I mean, a damn good class out of. Those yeah, guys. you can build a damn good class at like four high four star, and in one case, probable five star level guys that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of other years and, you know, in a lot of other situations you would think would have stuck. So it's just been a really strange year, this, uh, this signing class. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like, I mean, I was alluding to Drew Sanders there, Jace McClellan, Ryan Watts, um, Edron Cooper decommitted. He's now a four-star. Uh, Dante, Manning. Bun- Dante yeah. Manning is, you know, in my opinion, he's like a top 50 level guy. He is on two, four, seven. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of them, and it's <laughs> that, that, as good as this class could be. And that's another thing that Jace McClellan does is it probably knocks this class out of top ten contention, which runs ruins the streak, which is annoying. But yeah. as good as this class is, which is like a probably a top twelve ish class, this class could probably be like top seven, it's number six, like at that yeah. level if those guys had stuck. So it's just right. it's disappointing. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's been an exceptionally strange year um, on the recruiting trail, and the results largely have not worked out in our favor. No, we've been, um, it's, it's, like a, it's, it's almost like the recruiting version of watching someone just like repeatedly get punched in the face. It's been a, it's just a strange, been a strange yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's exacerbated because you see all these other teams that have these great years and make, make the playoff and they get this huge surge in recruiting. Like just look at what LSU is doing right now. 
Yeah. And and it's and then you cut to Oklahoma and they're like falling flat on their face down the home stretch. So it it just kind of it makes you wonder it's like are is are we not the school that's won five straight Big Twelve titles and are going to our third straight playoff? Like where is the Burt or the the surge in recruiting that you think would go with that? Um it just doesn't seem to be out there. It's like Yes. Yeah. It's like it's like we're we're viewed in this way of yeah, they're doing all that, but they still don't really count because they're they haven't actually won a playoff game, or uh, they're still not. You know, they don't have the bona fides of a Clemson or an Ohio State or an Alabama or what what have you because mm-hmm. uh, they're in the Big Twelve and they just don't really count. They're just a right. up jumped power like Group of Five team almost. I don't know. It's yeah. it's really frustrating. It's frustrating because like also we have a really good coaching staff that recruits well. Like right. I know that like, I mean, Ruffin McNeil doesn't really recruit that well. Like he just doesn't recruit that much. Like I, I don't say, know he if just he's like recruit. a bad recruiter, but he just doesn't recruit all that much. But like Jay Bulware is probably the second worst recruiter on the staff and he's yeah. not horrible. Everybody else I would say is above average. Yeah, like and I don't just, really know what Beamer does, but Beamer also right. recruits like a weird group, so it's hard to really. One shit, man. Mike, Michael Henderson and Jalen Conyers, or well, he Dar- didn't recruit I, I don't Conyers, know. but yeah, yeah. Uh, Henderson's is, I mean, Henderson can't, huge. can't, yeah, you can't fault, you can't uh, criticize Henderson. He was able to commit or uh, convince a kid that had um, like group of five level quarterback offers, and you know. Quite a few other schools, like be a wide receiver or running back or something, some or like a weird tight end, to come play H back. Like, yeah, so that that's a pretty impressive sell in and of itself. Yeah, for sure. Like that's a really good get. Like I don't know, man. It's it's very frustrating. It'll be interesting to see. Like hopefully, all of our commits that are currently committed wind up signing with us. You know, Sands. Jace McClellan, but, um, you know, hopefully guys like Reggie Grimes and even like a Noah Renze, they wind up actually pulling the trigger and committing or, and signing, uh, and that'll leave. It's definitely going to be a more interesting February than it was last year where it was like two guys that we were kind of interested in, in February. Um, it's just, it hasn't come together and that's going to leave us a little bit, you know, it's going to be interesting to see like. If we get freaking run off the field in the playoff, like yeah, what's how the implications? How is how is January going to go for us on the recruiting trail? You know, like what's going to happen with Alfred Collins if we don't have a good playoff performance? So right, which those obviously the suspensions does not help that matter. So it's it all kind of plays into each other. Um, so yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. It just has not been a good time. It's not been a good time at all. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, do we have anything else we want to we wanna talk about? Sam, do you have anything for us? No, I'm done being sad, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm ready for it to turn because it always does turn. Like, you don't just have horrible things all the time. It, it will turn at some point. Right. And maybe the Reggie Grimes news is... is you know, it's the first in, in a line of good things to actually happen. So maybe, uh, you know, miraculously 
the appeals process comes through. You never know. So Yeah, no for it, real. It, man. It, I mean it won't. But it's yeah. nice to hope. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's good to hope. Yeah. Yeah, we just we need some good news, man. And you know, maybe Josh Eaton winds up changing his mind, signs tomorrow. That could start, you know, kind of keep things rolling on the positive side. But anyways, I think that's a good place for us to end look at us getting it done in about 45 minutes that's Not pretty impressive bad. wow succinct pretty so all, impressive. i know there's i know alex so, doesn't go ahead nathan i was just going to say there's only so much like concentrated sadness that one can take uh, <laughs> i think before you're just yeah. ready to, to i'm sure the, someone page i'm sure someone from an outside fan base if they ever listen to this would not give a shit about this in the slightest like we're we had everything break our way to make it into the playoff like we're still oklahoma like you said the running back position is still on on the recruiting front that is is still the most easily coachable and easily schemable especially when you have an offensive genius like lincoln riley so we'll get the most out of whoever it is Hmm. but it's still still a bummer when things don't go your way yeah my thing my thing with that is that like and that's my argument against Bowler. It's that, like, man, what would Lincoln look like if he had Joe yeah. Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan to go with? Because when we had those two guys, there was a lack of talent at the other skill positions. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we were not deep at receiver back then. Like, in and 16, what, it was Didi and nobody, no one. Yeah, So exactly. Like, what does it look like if we've got two NFL running backs to go with our – five-star receivers now like what the hell does that look like with our great offensive line with our great tight ends with our great h-backs like what does that look like and i want to see it yeah i think especially next year it would have been great oh yeah i think jay bulware is stealing that experience away from me (laughs) and i will not have it yeah fire jay bulware Thank you for listening to the oklahoma drill the only anti-jay bulware podcast out there um if you liked what you heard today, please rate and review on iTunes. Five stars would be appreciated. Tell your friends about the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter if you would like, at NotThatSamDavis. You can follow Alex at Purd underscore Happily, P-U-R-D underscore Happily. Uh, you can follow Ryan at R.W. Maxi. If you want to follow Nathan, you will have to shoot him with a tachyon cannon and get into an undisclosed location. Mm. Um other than that, we appreciate you listening, and we will see you all next time.